Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. This is Rick Thomas. I'm so glad that you can join me for this episode. This is episode 104. The title of it is What It Means to Be Gospel-Centered. There has been a lot of gospel-centered language, a lot of gospel-centered, hyphenated words used in evangelicalism over the past 20 years, and it's a good thing. But the question that I raise is, do we know what it means? I've counseled a lot of people in my career as a biblical counselor, and a lot of those talk about being gospel-centered, but as you begin to ask them questions, they're a little bit vague, maybe ambiguous on what it means to be gospel-centered, and so I developed a workshop on that. I have a one-hour webinar on our website, What It Means to Be Gospel-Centered. I've also reduced this down into a short 10-minute, under 10-minute video. If you want to watch that video, you can look at it in this episode. Look for the show notes. Episode 104, What It Means to Be Gospel-Centered. This podcast is from a workshop that I did at the IABC conference in 2017 in Westminster, Colorado. IABC is the International Association of Biblical Counselors. I did a workshop on what it means to be gospel-centered, and I am going to play that workshop for you right now. It's about 35 minutes, just under 35 minutes in length. I trust this is a blessing to you. And as always, if you have any questions, please ask on our forums. Uh, sometimes, well, many times people ask, I'm not sure exactly what does it mean to be gospel-centered, and so I have a, I'm answering the question here, what does it mean to be gospel-centered? Are we ready to go, Mike? Do I need my clicker? Clicker would be good. I have a prayer card here. Also, if you come to our table, is this yours? Do you have one? Oh, I think the Lord wanted you to have that. There you go. <laughs> Please pray for me. Is it working? I can click it. Fantastic. If you would come by our table, it would be wonderful. Uh, get our prayer card. We're giving away all of our books. I have 20-something small books that we're giving away. And we have a little spinning wheel on our table, so you can spin the wheel. And whatever it lands on, you win a book. And this is America, so everybody is a winner, and you will win today. And so you get your book. Also, we have a green screen. Maybe you have seen that. You, where did we take you? Um, we went to Pikes Peak this morning, 14,115 feet, 60% air, oxygen up there. My friend here from Kentucky, who was born in Canada, I never did get your name. Adam. 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 What is it? Adam. Oh, A-T-A-M. Adam. That's good. Uh, that's kind of southern, you know. Adam, Adam, you know, it's like a far. You know what far? You know what far means? What? Fire. Fire. That's right. Uh, you can see afar. Abraham saw afar. <laughs> the woods were burning. <laughs> or you can set afar. We're very efficient in the South with the way that we communicate. One word can mean many things, and so Adam, A T A M. 
and A-D-A-M. But if you come by, we would love to take your picture on the green screen, and we'll take you anywhere. Noah's Ark, Manhattan, Pikes Peak, uh, Grand Canyon, and we're putting those on Instagram. It's just a fun thing that we're doing, and so if you want to do that, we'd love to take your picture. All right, let's get at it now that we are we're up and running. What does it mean to be gospel-centered? Well, we want to start with the gospel. And as we think about the gospel, well, what does, does that mean? And for sake of clarity, uh, I call the gospel the person and work of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not a thing. The gospel is a person. Jesus is the good news. Jesus was promised in 315 Genesis Jesus was fulfilled in Galatians 4.4. 4. In the fullness of time, God brought forth his Son. The gospel has always existed in eternity past, and the gospel shall always be in eternity future. The centerpiece of the gospel is the life and times of Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ. He is the good news that Jewish women wanted to bring forth in the Old Testament and they were looking forward to and he finally came in the New Testament in the fullness of time Christ is the gospel and so it, you could say a synonym to the gospel is is Christ and that's the way that I think about it the person and work of Christ and that is important it's not just the work that we do but it's also an ontological experience who we are as beings and so when we become gospel-centered we don't want to be just externalized Christians where we're manifesting what we believe Christianity to be but we want to be transformed from the inside out and that is going to be key of what I will be talking about in this workshop this morning we want to be transformed the person and the work of Christ as Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse number 45 out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and so we know that there is a a continuity between who we are and the words that we say you listen to a person and as you listen to their words you begin to discern who they are all good counselors listen at two levels we listen externally many times in counseling a person is talking and I'm hearing what they are saying and and often I'm making notes and I'm writing down what I'm hearing at the level of the heart and so I write down these categories you know anger fear frustration regret shame guilt and then when they are done talking we begin to walk through these words and they say I didn't say that oh yes you did when you talked about what happened to you as a teenager or the relationship that you had with your dad that's what they were talking about externally but I'm listening at that double level not just what they say but what is coming out of their heart and it gives them a biblical category to begin to think about who they are as a person and therefore when we counsel them we want to help them to cooperate with God in the transformation process of their hearts Jesus wasn't detached from the behaviors that he did his ontological self his state of being was was Christ-like and his behaviors were Christ-like and that's where we want to go with people therefore when you are counseling or discipling people including yourself when you're doing your personal soul care we always want to begin we all, always want to give great thought to the inward life first we are not behavioral modificationists we are uh, we are uh, comprehensive in our soul care 
And so in order for a person to truly be changed from the inside, well, it's as Jesus said when he had this discussion in John 3 with Nicodemus, you must be born again. And so as you all know, the first step in transformation is a person becomes regenerated. Now when people come to me for counseling, a key point in counseling people is to find your starting point. You have to find your starting point with the individual that you are helping. To me, it's not really relevant where their starting point is, as in, I don't care where the starting point is as long as I know where the starting point is. And so we, won't, we don't want to map our agenda or what we think they ought to be over them. We want to understand them so that we can find the proper place to start and sometimes in counseling you can make an assumption that this person loves Jesus or has certain ideas about Christianity and as you begin to talk to them you you know so if if Adam here were the cross if Adam if he were the cross well I would like to start here with all my counseling and we just go right to the cross but when you begin to talk to people you, the more you talk you know you're it's like oh we're maybe you're not there maybe you're here maybe you're maybe you're back here as you continue to ask and at some point it is possible that you might step across the salvation line and realize that the person that you're talking to is is not even a believer but what you want to make sure the best that you can discern these things is where is that person and if they're unregenerate can I say it this way fantastic if they're unregenerate I know that or I perceive that and so now we're going to start here and so I want to help them to to become saved I want to teach them what it means to be born again because I know that if they're going to truly transform in a sustainable way that it will not happen until Christ comes to them until Christ imposes his life Onto them until God grants repentance, as He said in Second Timothy two twenty four and twenty five, that that God may grant repentance. And so, the first step, and I know it's a subjective call for all of us. We we don't know if people are born again, but this is what this graphic is about. This is going to help us discern the spiritual condition of the person that you are helping. What does it mean to be gospel-centered? And so some of the indicators that I look for with individuals who are truly saved, here are three of them. Here are three things. I think if we truly understand <laughs> what it means for Christ to die on Adam's tree... Uh, these should be some of the heart attitudes of, of the regenerate people. And so if I'm talking to a person and, and they say that they're born again, uh, I'm looking for things like this. Are you grateful? Do you feel blessed? Is there a, a, an element of stunningness? amazement at what Christ has done these are core character qualities of people who realize the length that God has gone to to regenerate us and to the degree that you feel and experience these things is going to be to the degree that you live out the Christ life your level of gratitude and many times if you you have done a lot of 
counseling in your life and you you know we don't typically counsel people like this who walk in the door amazed blessed and grateful uh, the, the, I've counseled every kind of person including the kitchen sink uh, but there's one kind of person that I haven't counseled and a person who is struggling with too much joy he comes in and says Rick man I got a problem I just got so much joy can you just help me with my joy problem I'm on my third joy meter and I've, I've broken all three of them it's like help me Rick now that's not the kind of people that come to us now I'm not saying that if they come depressed and discouraged and despondent and despair and hopeless and all that I'm not saying they're they're not born again but as you begin to look at their lives can I say this because I know we can't say this outside of this room but we want to judge people a better word would be discern people we want to be discerning people. We do want to be fruit inspectors. We want, if you love somebody, if you really truly love somebody well, you want to assess them. You want to discern them. You want to get into their lives, into their minds and try to, that's what the gospel is. Jesus, the first missionary in Philippians 2, came from his place to our place and became a human. And, and that's what Hebrews 4 is about. He can empathize with us. He understands us through and through. And that's a, that's a beautiful picture of what counseling is about. It's not about us. It's about them. We want to step into their lives. And we want to see what they see and understand the way they understand. And, and their presuppositions and their worldviews. And we really want to, to know them so that we can bring effective care to them. And so we want to, dis, to discern people. And if a person is coming and you, they may be born again. But at this ontological level, this state of being level, they are not amazed at the transformative gospel they, ha they don't feel blessed and they're not grateful people then we want to work with that we just don't want to teach them to be behaviorally Christians we want them to be transformed from the inside out now the level of amazement now you can add other synonyms here if you want and that's fine I, I just have three but the level of amazement and blessedness and gratitude that you have it will lead to humility it cannot go anywhere else but, but humility. As we, we stand before the cross and we realize what Christ has done for us, we are humbled. We are humbled at the declarations of the cross. The greatest gossip that will ever be said about you was said on Golgotha's hill. That God became man to die for your wickedness. There's nothing worse that could be said about any of us. And it was all propitiated. It was, it was satisfied at the cross. The judge said he brought the gavel down and he said you are justified. Forensically you are declared not guilty. That has to have a humbling effect. And so as you think about people that you are caring for humility is a huge part of their lives because James said in 4 6 God gives favor to the humble God gives grace to the humble he gives empowering favor and so if this person that you're helping you want this person to change this person cannot change without humility 
You see, change comes from God. I mentioned earlier, 2 Timothy 2, 24-25, God grants repentance. This is another way of saying it. See, the same verse, you know it well. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Opposition in that verse means God is a warring army. He is a warring army against, against the proud. And so if a person wants to change Humility is a prerequisite to change. That's why we don't do behavioristic counseling. If a person isn't broken at the sight of the cross and humbled by the revelations of the cross, and we are just teaching them to change externally, it will not last. They will turn over the leaf and they will run out of gas eventually. I used to be a proponent of PMA books in my pre regeneration years positive mental attitude think and grow rich in acres of diamonds and the magic of thinking big they were wonderful books but as a lost boy who was looking for a way that's the books that they gave me and it came with a box of soap too because I sold Amway by the way um, I know what the title of the workshop says but this is really an Amway meeting so now that I've already let it out so Huh? I love circles. That's coming next. Um, I read PMA books, a uh, positive mental attitude uh, books, and uh, because I was looking for my looking for the way, I was looking for a way to. I mean, I wanted my life. I wanted my life to change, and so I kept. I mean, I turned over all kinds of leaves, and I I redefined myself so many times. And then, as a 25-year-old, I, I would not recommend this evangel. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this evangelistic technique. But I was talking to my boss man in a factory in North Carolina, which is where I'm originally from, and. In, in, North, in the South, the three R's are racing, wrestling, and religion, okay? And so when our discussion at break always circled around those three things, racing, wrestling, and, and religion. And one day we were talking about religion. It happened to come up. And they asked me as a, a, a boy walking in darkness, what did I think about the Bible? And I said, I think the Bible is a good book to pattern your life after. And by the way, I have seen the Ten Commandments, and I like Charlton Heston, and that was an impressive movie. And so I said, I told them that, and I, I said, as far as pattern your life after, but, you know, there's some of them stories in the Bible that are just hard to believe, like Noah and Moses and Daniel and uh, my boss man came up to me after lunch and he said, do you really believe what you just said? Here's the evangelistic technique that I wouldn't necessarily recommend. I said, yes. He said, you're going to hell. <laughs> now, maybe it, maybe it works. It worked for me. And uh, I, said to, I said to myself, I, ne I never said to him, even to this day, and that was 1984, even to this day, I've never said to him, but I said to myself, no, I'm not, and I'm going to prove you wrong. And so I went home and opened my Bible where everybody opens a book in the beginning, God. And it was really good. But about chapter 4, it bogged down. And so I shut it down, and I went to the Christian bookstore because there was one in town, and I, I, I looked for some books, and I didn't know what to look for, and so I bought books with cool covers on them. And uh, 
the books with cool covers were all about eschatology uh, hell devil horns and all that stuff and so I bought three or four books with cool covers on them and they all talked about hell and and God used those books with an eschatology that I don't believe anymore uh, but God used those books to uh, lead me lead me to Christ and it was at that point I was humbled at that point God was no longer a warring army against me the person on the other end of the rope that I'd been pulling for 25 years was God himself and we were in this great tug of war and I said I did Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard for those of you who are old enough to remember that fight for those of you who watched that fight no mas no mas and I told the Lord no mas no mas and I gave up and then all of a sudden I, I began to experience empowering favor as I tell people often there are two people in my life that have said yes to me one was God in 1984 and the other one was my wife God said yes I will take him I will take this one and I've never gotten over that and then Lucia, Lucia, said, <laughs> Lucia said yes she said yes I will take you and, and those two people I would not take me I told my mother-in-law I mean it's like you know here's something we can agree on if I showed up at my door I wouldn't marry me I mean she wasn't that excited about me in the beginning and, and she loves me now she kisses me now and stuff like that um, and so she loves me now but not in the beginning but I agree with her I wouldn't marry me either if I were me but Lucia said yes and that's an amazing in fact that Christ would say yes and if we don't feel that if we don't have that uh, that, that affection and gratitude for Christ and we want to help our counselees to get to that place because that is a place of humility because we know again we're all underneath the ground right now we're dealing in the inward life we're dealing we're talking about heart issues we're talking about ontology we know if this kind of transformation doesn't happen internally whatever in the world they do on the outside it will not last now out of that humility God will begin to develop our character there is a good template for character Galatians 5 fruit of the spirit these are some of the things that you are looking for in the folks that you're bringing care to are they loving joy peace patient kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control these are gifts this is the fruit of the spirit it is it is what God gives us it's what he gives to the humble and so if we're asking people to change we want them to be loving and patient and kind and gentle and and self-control they can't have that unless their hearts are broken before the cross and they're humbled so they are receiving God's favor which goes back to how they think about being born again and then we start dealing with the outward life these things that you're looking at on the screen are non-negotiable in the transformed life they are non-negotiable in counseling and so when I say that I listen at two levels when I'm counseling someone these are the things that I'm listening for I said at the outset of this workshop I want to give you a picture to think about an individual from the inside to the out 
And as I am assessing them, discerning them, if these things are not coming out of their mouths, then I know that there is a lot of heart work. I'm I'm finding my place. I'm finding my starting point with this person. And there are some people, when you meet them, especially in the South, I'm not sure what kind of familiarity you have with Southerners, but I will tell you that everybody in the South is saved. And uh, it's a wonderful place to live. Uh, We don't do evangelism in the South because we're all Christians. But it is possible that you will meet someone in the South and you will think, we're butted up next to the cross, and then the more you talk to them, it's like, oh, okay I made an assumption oh oh (laughs) oh really and so in our evangelism in the south we have an added link in the chain Uh, the added link is we have to get them unsaved (laughs) and then once we get them unsaved then we start evangelism that's how it works in the south but it's easy to make that assumption that we're all just loving up on Christ but then you begin to talk to them and their words will reveal out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and you will find that these characteristics here are not part of who they are and so out of this character flows obedience and this is one of the more remarkable things about the gospel the bible christianity is that our obedience flows from this underneath life here that we have been ta- that I've been talking about thus far it is an amazing thing and so we don't start necessarily externally now let me make a caveat here on my website uh, two maybe two articles back it'll be on the front page of the website I said sometimes Uh, the article is sometimes you have to be obedient sometimes you need obedience when your heart is not in it and sometimes that is effective counsel and it's effective advice Uh, sometimes you just need to do see uh, in Psalm 23 3 David said uh, he restoreth my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake well David was writing in parallelism he he wrote uh, God restores my soul if he had just left that at that we would not know well how does he do that yeah great God restores my soul I want a bumper sticker and I want to put that on my car God restores my soul but that doesn't really tell me anything how how does he do that well again David was writing in in parallelism he said God restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake that's how he restores your soul by walking in paths of righteousness and so in Psalm 42 David said why art thou cast down O my soul he's talking to his soul the word cast is a shepherd's term the sheep was upside down a cast sheep is upside down and he can't right himself up and if he stays upside down for too long because his center of gravity is so high when he flips over he can't get back up he's a cast sheep why are you cast down O my soul why are you disquieted within me in Psalm 42 well that's what he's saying in Psalm 23 3 that he restores my soul so the sheep comes a shepherd comes along and he takes the sheep and he he sets him up right so that he can go on he's restored and he leads me in paths of righteousness so some people that you counsel 
They need their souls restored. And what they need to do, they just need to walk down paths of righteousness even though they don't feel like it. They need to be obedient even though they don't feel like it. What are paths of righteousness? Open up your Bible and just read Psalms. Just read a Psalm today. That's a path of righteousness. Go to your church meeting on Sunday even though you don't feel like it. That is a path of righteousness. Say something to God. Pray. Just talk to God. That is a path of righteousness. I'm sure most everybody in this building has been there at some point in your lives. You love God. You are regenerated. You've been born from above, but you just don't feel like it today. Well, that's where you reverse engineer it. Just be obedient. Just walk down this path of righteousness and you'll find that your soul will begin to be restored. Now that's different from behavioral modification. That's a different idea. It is a caveat and it is helpful advice with some people. But with all counseling, what we don't want to do is just be behavioristic. That you just do this. We want to make sure that the person who is obedient but doesn't feel like it, and you give them the advice that I just mentioned, they have these qualities here. They're just having a bad day. A bad, I had a bad day that lasted nine years. It was, <laughs> it was a bad day. And I don't have time to get into that, but it was a real bad day. And... I had to do the obedient thing and my heart wasn't in it but in time as I continued to walk down those paths of righteousness I found my soul being restored now when you think about obedience there's there's two aspects to obedience there's active and passive passive obedience you see a picture of it in 2nd Corinthians 315 it's the the sit and soak method to obedience we sit before the Lord and and we are being transformed into his image You come to a church meeting. This music here, by the way, at this conference has been really good. And that guy, uh, I, I mean, we're, I've never been here before, but that guy is really good. There's just something about him that, hmm? The guy that's singing with the microphone. Les. He's what? Les. He's really good. You like him? Yeah. You wasn't going to say no like from all these people. <laughs> Right here is Adam. Well, I know. Um, I now said, he knows him from Adam. Said, is this a Southern Baptist church? And he ain't Adam. But I am. But I am. And he said, no, that we need to stick to the different team of race in the Southern Baptist church. Yeah, less is good. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's a form of passive obedience. I mean, you come and you listen to... God's word being sung like what, what Les and, and all of us were doing in the band and uh, that's a path of righteousness I'm not kind of engaged in it all but I just, I just want to walk in that path of righteousness and, and, and God begins to like work in my soul that's, that's passive obedience and, and reading your Bible is a form I mean it's also active as well you're doing something and, and the active obedience is James 1 we want to be doers of the word not hearers only now we all know that we're not working for our salvation we are 
we're just doing what we're supposed to do as we spread God's fame and we're being transformed but it is both a passive and active uh, cooperation with the Lord uh, we are passively being God is working in us and we're being transformed into his image but we're also to be active we, we got, the gospel is is engaging the gospel is penetrating the gospel is very active Jesus as I said earlier Philippians 2 Jesus came and did and became and cried and he was very active the gospel is intentional God has God in Ephesians 1 is one of the most beautiful passages of the intentionality of God that he predetermined in time past that we would be saved and so we want to make sure that our obedience is both active and passive uh, one a, a verse that we like to use uh, in our home is is mark 1045 or at least the idea of it Jesus said that I did not come here to be served but I I came here to serve by giving my life as a ransom for many a person who has been transformed by the gospel this is one of the indicators that you are looking for do they have a heart to serve other people if we have been transformed internally as I've been talking about in the inward life it should look like something on the outward life it cannot be otherwise it cannot be otherwise because God is empowering you James for he's not a warring army against you he is for you and he's he's giving you that empowering favor that just pushes you out to do things and and the thing that we do is that we serve other people one of the one of the best statements or questions that you could ask inside your home is how may I serve you how may I serve you today it's a great thing for a husband to ask a wife a wife to ask a husband a child to ask parents and parents to ask children how may I serve you today that is a Christ-centered statement that is empowered by the gospel and that is what Christ did and then finally at the top it works out in in behaviors and that is that's across the board and in, in everything that we do and so what you're looking at on the screen here is a a visual that I have in my mind as as I am counseling people and I'm trying to find out where the breakdown is in the person's life what has gone wrong it could be that the person that you're counseling is not a believer that's possible subjective analysis of course it could be that they are a believer but there's just things that we need to untangle in their lives but as you begin to help them to to be restored we want to make sure that we have a full picture of what we're doing from the inside to the outside you have been listening to life over coffee with rick thomas if you have a question for rick you can let him know by sending him a note through his website rickthomas.net that's rickthomas.net thanks for listening enjoy your coffee